Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Explorers, welcome back to the Starfield Lorecast. This is your host, Tom. I'm here with Dave, my good buddy. And Dave and I will be taking you through the history, everything that we know about the Colony War. Last time we talked about the war that preceded the Colony War because we needed to get some of the background out of the way. But now this is the big one. This is the one that most of the people remember that most people are talking about. And so we're going to dive into the details. Dave, how's it going? It's going very well. Um, you know, in another franchise, someone once said uh, that war never changes, um, but this war certainly has changed the the universe. The feel the stars. You know what I mean, <laughs> I wonder what series you're talking about. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, some some post apocalyptic thing. One I don't of those. Know. One of those places. Right, mutants and ghouls and stuff. Uh, but we don't have mutants and ghouls. Instead, we have bioweapons and mechs. Because we're talking cool. about the colony yeah. war. Yeah, man. So let's get into it. Let's get right into the details. Where does this start? Because we have some, I don't know, we got like a mix of other history before this, but. Right, right. Like, so uh, I'll take you for a small subject. Last time on the Starfield Lurecast, uh, we talked about the. Uh, um, a, a different war, which was actually the Narian War that happened just within a single system. And at the end of it, they decided that uh, the Freestar Collective, the United Colonies, and pretty much any other person that, or group that wanted to be a faction had to be limited to only three systems. So there's essentially a, a limit on how much you could claim and where you could settle. No, Johnny, um, only three cookies. Three cookies, Johnny. Don't grab another cookie. Don't do it, Johnny. I think these people watched too much Star Wars and they were afraid of a galactic empire. That was my great uh, Emperor Palpatine impression. Uh, but uh, unlimited years, power, unlimited power. They were very afraid of the unlimited power that was happening uh, with the Freestar Collective in uh, the Nera. Or excuse me, the Narian. Narian. Yeah, it's like Nair, you know, when you're trying to get rid of your leg hair. Yeah, they tried to get rid of the uh, Freestar Collective settlement, but... Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, so that happened, the and then they the put colony. these. They put these. They they agreed to these rules, like three star systems. That's it. Three star systems for every colony. Everyone gets three. No more than three. Five is right out. Yes, somebody's going to get that joke. There's a few good jokes in the beginning here, uh, but it really starts with the Vesta uh, colony, which uh, effectively was that the Freestar Collective came and they wanted to uh, colonize a planet in, on Vesta. 
and the uc was like hey you can't do that remember when we all agreed to this we we fought a big old war and we said that you couldn't do this so you know what we're gonna lodge a formal complaint yes the number of the counting shall be three yeah (laughs) yes and i feel like that's the most Mm -hmm. like it's one of the most like bureaucratic things you could do is lodge a formal complaint um yes and then after the formal complaint they showed up and attacked all of the free star collective um forces i would say and just like decimated them they just like wiped them off of the vesta entirely so wait so the uc is like "Mm, submit paperwork here you go all right time for death yeah, it's like you colored outside the lines. I'm going to get a big eraser and erase not the color, but the, the people. This is now people. We're just going to we're just oh. going to do some killing. Oh, man, this is this is this is getting too close to home with like world events and things. This is rough. Um, we're not going to go into that. But the idea that like uh, you overstepped your boundaries, you can't do that. Now we're going to wipe you off the planet. Like, yeah, why can't is, uh, can we just stop doing that as humans? Can we just can we please maybe stop being I don't know. I'm sure it's very complicated, but anyway. Uh, so they, the UC decides, all right, we're going to wipe out Freestar because, or at least their forces in this area because they overstepped their boundaries. No, you can't touch. They're like slapping the hand, going to the cookie jar, right? Right. So the, the war started. The Freestar Collective was, was effectively like, I can't stand for this. Uh, you killed too many people. Um, mm-hmm. I get I get the impression of like two Frenchmen with their gloves, their white gloves, and one walk up walks up to the other and goes, "No, sir," and like, oh, 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 you shall not touch the cookies in the jar. I slap you a second time, and then that one goes, "Oh, you slap me, you dishonor me, sir," and then he takes out his glove, and then slaps back. I imagine that House of Arun all has French accents because they seem kind of mysterious to me. Um, so, so I, I like, and, and I don't know what kind of French people are mysterious. They're mysterious to me. You know, how often in, in my actual life, like I'm more likely to hear a British accent because we have a, 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 you know, a contingent of more British folks over here, but a French accent, that's very specific. Yeah. Well, I could, specific. I could continue to talk like Pepe Le Pew for the rest of the episode if that would make your life better. That's a little bit offensive, but you know what? Whatever floats your boat, my friend. Um, I mean, that's how I know how to do a French accent is from Pepe Le Pew. Le Pew. From from the Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, the uh, speaking of things that go P.U., it was the uh, United Colonies and Free Star War that kicked off. Uh, It seemed like that there are a bunch of different fights over this time period. And what we know are just like war stories, because think about when the game takes place. It's, it's, you know, several years after this event, but it's not too far. Like members of constellation were in this war together yeah, it's, with it's just fighting few, against other members it? in constellation. Like it was a, a thing. Yeah. I think it's just a few decades. Uh, Starfield. Let me just make sure for, for sure. As you talk about this, um, but go on. So what happens next? Yeah. So um, uh, there's a few different battles as I said, that's ha- that have happened, but um, there's a few uh, incidents I want to kind of pull out. Uh, the Battle of Nera. Um, the Battle of Nera was a uh, Free Star settlement that was captured by the UC, and the Free Star Collective continually had to um, come back and want to reclaim it and want to take it over but they couldn't they, they were killed every single time uh, they were so near to doing it so near to doing it one of the the um the quests in the game actually takes you to 
Nira itself. And it's just like devastated because <laughs> there were so many battles there. So many things happened over there. We're trying to like take back ground, take back a lot of the different stuff that was going on there. It just like got completely and totally torn up because the amount of stuff that was happening on Nira. Mm-hmm. Um, the other battle that they kind of like pulled uh, pull out is the battle of Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia is a great word. Also, I double checked the dates. Uh, the the war starts in twenty three oh eight. That's at least that's when the the the, the complaint was lodged. Right, the actual yeah. time frame that we're playing in Starfield is twenty three thirty. So twenty two years ahead. Of, so definitely within the lifespan of many people who who remember these events. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. So the, the the Cassiopeia, I think I'm saying that correctly. Cassiopeia, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia. <laughs> Cassiopeia. Uh, it was a major naval battle that occurred there, and um, the UC suffered severe losses, um, except for a certain, well, uh, a certain UC chief navigator was there, uh, known as Sarah Morgan, who's one of the first companions that you have and is a member of Constellation. Uh, she was put in command after many of the officers died on the ship, the UC Dauntless. Uh, she was put in command, and... Um, killed out the rest of the uh, Freestar Collective forces that were there, but their ship was so badly damaged that she and some of the survivors had to flee to the planet via escape pods. Um, and a lot of her a lot of her quest is about the survivor's guilt kind of of that incident of the people that were also in the escape pods that went to the planet and that she was the only one that was rescued from Cassiopeia during that um, particular event yeah it's pretty badass like this is this is why we know about that conflict is her and her firsthand Mm -hmm. perspective on everything also the fact that like she was the chief navigator and then she became the ship commander and then she was able to fight back the rest of the forces that basically leveled the rest of the fleet and then survived like got away and I'm sure there's still regret there, you know, like it sounds like she did everything she possibly could in order to save the day, but still couldn't save everybody on her on her ship. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot for her psychologically to unpack with that. Yeah. And and a lot of that quest, it seems like that she's very revered by a lot of the UC Navy and everybody kind of knows her. She's kind of like the uh, that battle hero persona. But um, yeah, a lot of times with with people's experiences during war, they don't want to go. They don't want to still be a part of it, um, especially if they were you know, in something incredibly violent uh, that they kind of want to take this, take themselves back once everything's over and say, OK, this is this is my life. I've done that. That's been my thing. I don't necessarily want to get back into that anymore. Yeah. Um, you can see why she has redirected her efforts to Constellation, to something that's more peaceful, something about exploration and finding the secrets of the universe and all of that. And right. it's in a little bit, you know, science, but a little bit out there and a little bit mystical, um, you know, some sort of higher purpose kind of thing. Whether that that is, you know, science can be a higher purpose, but you can also look at it from a more religious perspective, which is one of the themes in the game that we see between the characters debating these kinds of things. So like Mateus, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. okay. so we know about that battle and a lot like you've been detailing here. We don't have a step by step detailed explanation of everything that happens in this war. We just have some of the propaganda, some of the re call from different characters especially characters like sarah so that's not the last battle though where did they go from here 
So the, the last battle that is recorded is the Battle of Cheyenne. And, and this battle, I, I say it's Cheyenne, C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E. Um, this battle is is reported two different kind of ways. Uh, the UC reports this battle. If you go to their museum, they talk about how the Freestar Collective used civilian ships as shields to um, shield their Navy and cause the UC Navy not to fire on them and effectively surrendering. But if you go through the game, you learn that the Freestar Collective was kind of on the back foot and um, needed help in this. And so they used a lot of civilian ships to help out with their military that were actually like flying and attacking along with, you know, when you think about like a rebel force or something like that, right. Or or privateers, like like the the concept of privateers, like uh, pirates, many of the pirates during the age of sail were privateers. They had their own ships. They manned their own ships with their own money, but then they were given certain accommodations by the government in order to, facilitate what they were doing. Uh, But it also gave the government the ability to say, well, that was them. Those are private citizens doing what they're doing. That wasn't us because it wasn't officially the military. So you kind of have a similar situation here, right? Where it's it's like, well, they were fighting on the side of the Freestar. They were acting like soldiers, but they were also private individuals. And from the UC's perspective, that's a gray area. Like, yes, we should be fighting the actual soldiers on the other side. But when citizens step in the middle, what do you do? Right. And I imagine the public reception that they had received, because we talked about that a lot in the last war that they had, that reception of, uh, you know, murdering civilians on their ships because they just happened to be in the middle of a conflict um, would not look good for them. Um, and, And it seems like that that, the kind of peace that they knew that they were going to continue using as well as the massive amount of losses that they had at the battle of Cheyenne, which the, the UC took on, they had a, a massive amount of losses. They got together and they're like, Hey, if we keep on fighting this war, then nobody's going to like us. Um, nobody's going to want to be friends with us. We're not going <laughs> to be able to do anything. So let's go ahead and, and sign something to just, in this right right and in in the midst of all of this were the conflicts with the bioengineered creatures and the mechs and they'd seen how that was so devastating and then you also have the events of londinium and being overrun with the um the terror morphs and then the 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 decision that we learn about to wipe out the entire city to nuke everything, including the populace that was there in order to destroy the Terramorphs. All of these were situations that were happening during this time and created kind of a publicity issue for the UC. Um, and it made it clearly put them in the situation where they seemed to be the ones who were committing the atrocities and needed to pay for what they had done. Yes. Um, those the londinium aspect of it was happening during this war and it was almost like a symptom of it i feel like 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 you talked about like that's that's also happening in the background it's like the uc is sacrificing their own well-being to be good at war like that <laughs> right. that's another piece that is that is getting attached to it um and, and so like when you're constantly sacrificing yourself to go kill people like <laughs> nobody's winning <laughs> no like no, nobody's winning at all right, um right so in 2313, excuse me, 2311, uh, the United Colonies, Free Star Collective, and the House of Arun um, signed the armistice. 
so this armistice guaranteed a few things uh, to happen. Number one, it kind of guaranteed that the military personnel that were most um, terrible during the war were put on trial. Um, mm-hmm. So that include the top commanders for the UC. Um, you hear about Vevictus um, within the game itself. Right, the um, guy who who like controlled the bombing of Londinium, the one who actually made that call. Right. Yes. And uh, the uh, first cavalry who uh, broke a ceasefire on Nira and its commander, Paxton Hull, who you um, have some interactions with in game as well. Uh, they told them that, you know, we need to put these people on trial. Um, the UC commanders, I think, were put to death, put to death in big quotation marks. <laughs> put, should should be put to death. Should have been put to death. Mm. Uh, and the first cavalry members were all sentenced to like 20 years in prison. Like they just got big prison sentences. Right. Which coincides with the end of the war, 2311, being 19 years before the time we're in right now. And so now you mm-hmm. have kind of an end of that. Well, now maybe they're getting out of prison soon. All of that. Right. So there were some agreements that were also made about how you can and can't wage warfare. Right. They both decided that the mechanized infantry, if these uh, the giant robot mechs that they were wielding, the um, those were right out um, as much like five. It's right out <laughs> uh, as well as the Xeno warfare that was happening um, using the uh, the original creatures that they had. Those like dog like and the crab like creatures. I think I, f- I forgot the names of both of those. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll have uh, to do a whole Xeno warfare episode probably at we, some we point. We probably and will have like, to. What do we, we know the about them? What do we know about them? Yeah, the connection to the Terramorphs and then the, also the mechanized infantry because we, we only get little glimpses, but we could probably piece little little bits together into like a multiple episode. And I think as the DLC releases, we'll probably get more information on on that because I think people looked at mechs and, and aliens and they're like, that's cool. We want more of that. And maybe we'll get something out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you imagine? Okay. So there's a side note. Can you imagine mechs in a future DLC that were kind of like fallout, like power armor suits, but are just like three times bigger or whatever. And yeah, yes, I could. Ugh. Um, the, so uh, another game, uh, no man's sky, which is uh, Starfield's been comp- compared to endlessly had had those they're, they're post-launch one of the dlcs and it's very exciting because they all had hover packs so like you could bounce off but they're so big that they would just like you hover up and they would just come crashing back down to the ground when you land you just like decimate all the plants and <laughs> right. trees and animals just like as you landed back on the ground like screeching to a halt yeah, and it would I, be I, really I cool that. it would be really cool and this is just a we'll get back to the main topic but to have those in the game to have to fight things like that in the game like it's you fight lots of people you fight lots of people with guns you fight sometimes you fight monsters but uh, like big mechs or giant monsters like the xeno warfare project has still been going on in the in a back room somewhere and now they've made even more terrifying gigantic monsters that you have to fight like what if there were some planets that you came across in a future dlc and it's basically like Gundam and Godzilla, you know, or maybe not that big, but like this concept of like these giant creatures and getting in the middle of that, that would be amazing. But anyway, so that stuff right now is off the table, though. None of any of that. That's why we don't see it in the game. Right. The, it's it's con- continually outlawed. And that's why a lot of the um, uh, contraband that you get in the game are are mech parts. Um 
uh, our Xeno warfare research, uh, a lot of that, like those contraband pieces are that uh, as well as drugs and other stuff, of course. But the main one that I always see is mech parts. There's mech parts constantly all these places and i'm like oh my character's just casually ca- carrying around like a gundam leg right that's what i imagine <laughs> just, <laughs> right. yeah what if you can just build them if you take all the parts and like piece them together make your own mech hey, yeah yeah contraband mech i like it yeah. um and all that information about xeno warfare research about mechanized infantry was uh needed to be it's a good word needed to be kind of like archived and made non-public um classified um uh, was the correct word so they created a place called the armistice archives which you actually visit in the game Mm -hmm. and all that information about all all the research all the different ways of how to build max is all stored in those archives that um exist that you will need at least three signers from each of the three factions that side the armistice to approve you getting into the archives. So everybody has to agree that a person can get in there to retrieve a particular item and then they're allowed to do it. It seems like they've already built it into the game, right? It seems like it would be, I don't know, just so obvious to have a, well, the archives got breached. Oops. You know, this information is out. Oops. What do we do next? Um, that totally feels like something. And if that isn't an official DLC, that would be a really fun mod if anybody wants to mod something into the game. Um, so that's basically the details about the war that we know. They they mm-hmm. signed the armistice. Uh, everybody's supposed to be on their best behavior. But that's also why we still see these kind of gray areas in the game where the UC and the Freestar soldiers end up in the same situation. Like there's a few times where it's like, well, Back in the day, we would have blown each other's heads off, but also don't tell my supervisors that we work together or they'll take my head off, you know, like this kind of there's still that uh, competition. They're not friends, but they're in a ceasefire. So nobody really wants to break that either. So there's a lot of that. I don't know, that gray area in the middle. Yeah. And and when you look at the the Narian war before, that was a 20 year war. This is a three year war that occurred and and it's interesting that from the narian war there's a lot less information that people have but this is so fresh we're getting people who remember a lot of these battles and we're getting people that still have that kind of like animosity for the other side or have some sort of um uh, i guess prejudice towards the people that they fought against that um it it permeates the game i think in a good way a lot of time when you're coming up with, you know, any kind of like role playing game or telling any fantasy story, you want to set it in a world of history um, and, and kind of have those things to be discovered within it. And I think I think this is probably one of the better setups for a sci fi game This have, it, you know, what, 20 years probably after a major incident that really had everybody at each other's throats. Yeah. And, and even though it was only three years long, it seems like it was very intense. Like the situations yep. mm-hmm. weren't just oh, there was a skirmish over here. It was mm-hmm. it was no, there was a big battle and everyone got wiped out. There was a mm-hmm. big conflict here. And, you know, the mechs and the Xeno warfare creatures or whatever decimated parts of planets like this mm-hmm. was not a small deal, even though it was only three years, only three years long. It's still a long right. time to survive through a war. So. Right. Yeah, maybe we'll get more details in future DLC. Maybe we'll get flashbacks. Maybe we'll get like a kind of like the Alaskan expansion for Fallout 3 where you go back and the Operation Alaska. Was that the name of it? That's the name of it. Yeah. Um, 
and maybe we get to see some of it in person. I don't know. I don't know. We go through a time bending unity at the end of this game. Oh so anything is possible. Yeah. What if? Oh, dude. What if? What if uh, they're ex- they expand the options that could play out when you go through the unity, and all of a sudden you're like way back further in time. That would be nuts. And like you're just you're fighting through the war, and then all of a sudden you blip back to a more you know current time period. That could be cool too. All right. Well, we've got to go thank our patrons and then we've got some discussion questions and a message from one of our patrons who wasn't able to join us last week with some of their thoughts. So don't go anywhere. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi or 7-Up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons and especially our Space Lords. <laughs> they get calls out every week. Get sh- calls out, shout outs, shouts out, shout outs is shout outs is that's it. Uh, Commander Marcus Shepard and Worst Action Hero. Thank you for supporting the show. And thank you to all of our current patrons. If you are interested in supporting the show and getting cool stuff like cool shirts, stickers, ad free episodes, putting a smile on our faces, then go to patreon.com slash Starfield Lorecast and check out all the different things you can get. Uh, no new patrons to shout out this week, but thank you to everybody who supports the show. Also, if you'd like to leave a review on Apple podcasts you can do that if you leave a five-star review we'll read it out on a future episode we don't have any new ones this week but we do appreciate everybody's support there and rating the show on spotify and all sorts of other places so dave we have this uh this comment this came in uh and i i goofed this is my fault i should have you goofed it i should have remembered to read read this out on the episode but we were so you know enthralled with talking with our our guests and all that so this comes from uh worst action hero who is who I just mentioned is one of our space lords. Uh, so unfortunately couldn't make it, but they wrote this before I learned how to use saves and there were bugs to deal with. I had to go back to level 14, three times. The second time I started over, I was playing the constellation quest line and couldn't stand the characters. Well, to be fair, Walter shroud is, uh, is pretty cool. <laughs> um, but from the very beginning, I have had America borrow. So I'm going to butcher these names, Sophia grace and Rosie, Tenahal as crew. I love them so much. So these are not the regular companions, right? These are other people you can employ mm-hmm. to be on your ship. Uh, two murder hobos and a doctor. My IRL wife asked me why my crew was entirely women. And I told her because they were better than everyone else. Honestly, my character never would have made it through the Vanguard and Crimson Fleet quests uh, without them. Plus, I like their stories. Every five levels or so, I select the can I ask you a personal question option on the dialogue menu and to learn their stories and how they too are progressing in the play. And they are so well written and often touching. Merica, as a former Freestar Ranger, is great in a gunfight and and on the ground and with the particle weapons in space. Sophia, a former gang member from Neon, has killer stealth and laser weapon skills and is often the reason we can clear out an abandoned insert crappy facility here as well as we do. Rosie just wants to see the universe, get some experience, and is always feeding me med packs. Plus, she says things to me in Maori. Maori? 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, which gives her character a lot of depth. That's really interesting that she comes from that culture. Uh, there are a few others I would like to crew uh, with, but I lack the starship command skill to have an expanded crew. How uh, having fought terror morphs with Hadrian Sonnen, I would love her in the crew. Yeah, that would be really cool. The actress that played her just threw, just blew me away, especially when I spoiler, I guess spoiler note here, everybody told her that her dad was still alive and in the masked basement. Ugh. I mean. This is the holidays, and it's all about family and found tribes. So here is to all of you. May this season bring you a little more than you deserve. May you, may your weird cousin not get wasted and blow something up, lighting fireworks in the driveway. But most of all, be loved for who you are and love those as they desire. <laughs> Forgive the typos, grammar, and syntax errors. <laughs> My best. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. That was that was fun. Um, yeah, I, I should explore some of these other characters more and, and see what I can learn about them because that is a that is an option and you don't have to just stick with the Constellation crew. So thanks for that and thank you to everybody who supports the show. All right, let's move on with the rest of the episode. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Dave, we're back. We've got some discussion questions about this, right? Yes. So I guess the first thing... I will thing, not share them. You will not be sharing any discussion <laughs> questions. No, just, uh, do have them, but um, unfortunately today, no discussions. Sorry, sorry about that. And we're done. Bye, everybody. Uh, so <laughs> I guess the first main question is, I mean, will the Armistice last? Yeah. It, the reason I ask this is because we're given some clues and, and, you know, talking about the end of the game, uh, about when the player goes to the unity constellation relays all of this information about the unity to everyone. They're like, Hey, this is a thing that exists. Uh, feel free to go find it. Feel free to, to try to, to get there. Um, but it's out there. So go find it. And that's kind of like, most people coming up and, and saying like, hey, there is uh, aliens out there. They want you to come see them and you have the means to do it. You just need to go explore some more. Like, I feel like that there's such a shift happening at the end of the game that this this armistice that they've kind of gotten together. Does that does that last? Are people like, oh, crap, they've got like the unity. So now we want to be the faction that finds the unity or is it like a, Oh, everybody's great. You know, we're going to get together. We're all going to go try to find it in the yeah. name of peace. Yeah. You know no, what I this, mean? this seems like, uh, I guess the similarity would be trying to develop nuclear weapons, mm -hmm. right? Like this idea of like, okay, well now that you have that, we need it too. But in the case of the unity, it's not like you just build your own as far mm -hmm. as anybody knows. Like there's one and you either share it or you take it for yourself so that you can study it and then you can get whatever benefits you can out of it, which seems uh, to your point like it's going to create more conflict. So it sounds like the armistice is not going to continue. And the fact that Constellation, although uh, an international, let's call it an international organization, uh, is situated in the UC territory, clearly has more connections to the UC that seems like it's going to be a problem for the other factions. And the UC typically tries to portray this message through rose-colored rose glasses of like what the universe is, what um, is out there to be to be explored. 
the messaging uh, and it seems to line up with a lot of what constellation is about which if you hang out with uh you know solomon uh, not solomon co but um uh the the other guy the the guy that you're hanging out with all the time the daddy with the daughter what's the his da- name <laughs> the daddy with the daughter daddy Sam Sam Co Sam Co yeah <laughs> if you take him around if you take him around the the um the museum for your Vanguard initiation he's pretty much like oh look at this crap yeah this is a uh, seems like some revisionist history in <laughs> here a, a lot of baloney like, yeah so from that perspective are they going to be like yeah it's for everyone but also the qc is going to do it first so don't go after it like mm-hmm. is, that, mm-hmm. is that going to be the messaging is uh, you know this house Verun be like oh unity well that's the uh that's the great serpent so um we're first because it's our divine right to do that is the free star collective yeah. like whoa 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 yeah what are you guys talking about like it seems like yeah. there should be some dialogue related to the dis- this discovery and how it affects the rest of the universe and it, i think the nuclear bombs is a great way to talk about a kind of an analogy um a metaphor for what this could be maybe even like the discovery of the americas from the european perspective yeah colonization or or the claiming of like you said with house varun uh this is our land that based on our religion like we haven't seen conflicts like that happen before, have we? Oh, yes, we have. <laughs> like, like that's a that is a hotbed topic. And you're not going to convince somebody on the other side of that, that like, well, no, you, we have more rights than you do. Like both right. people are going to say, well, no, like we discovered it. Oh, yeah. But our religion says this is our holy thing. And it's like, well, we'll get, I guess we're just going to have to disagree for the rest of eternity about that. And you're right. That leads to conflict that very few times do you get people actually like working together on stuff like that so this armistice and uh, like gathering everything in one place like we kind of talked about um i I don't think that's necessarily a good idea because then all the state secrets reside in one building that's publicly available for pretty much anyone to know the location of Mm -hmm. um that's you know as strong as the materials that you built the vault out of and as many people as you can get there to defend it but clearly a terramorph one or two or three terramorphs can wreck a city so yeah. Yeah. So I, I think to answer the question, I don't think the armistice is going to last. I think that that's going to be wonderful fodder for future DLC or future expansions to the game. Uh, I also uh, I'm also interested in this next question. You have another question here. Mm-hmm. What do you like? Go ahead and share it. And let's. I'm yeah. So my question is, are the the Freestar Collective, are they good at public reception? We talk so, a lot. Yeah. About- so what do you mean by this? Like. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about how like the the UC is like branding. They're all about their branding. They're like, oh, you're we're here in the subtle systems. We're exploring the stars. We're protecting the people with the vanguard. We've got constellation that's exploring all these new places. We're united together. Become a citizen today because it's we have a path to citizenship. Everybody can have a job and you can be fed and have a purpose and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And so when you go and you learn about these events in the game and you're typically in New Atlantis, from their perspective, you're just taking this information in kind of like how um, you know, like old history books, like in America, like you're just like learning a lot about this different stuff about how, you know, for example, like Martin Luther King acted. And then you come back and you look at that. It's like, OK, he wasn't this like super peaceful. I'm not going to fight about anything guy. He was like pretty radical and was like, actually, 
let's get out there. Let's do all this other stuff. Like there's kind of this, um, this lens that you almost like go through where you're like, okay, everything I've learned here at the beginning is actually different from how it has to be. Right. There's no arm in the Freestar collective to kind of educate people on what is actually happening from that other end. So the perception of the Freestar collective seems like they just exist and they constantly antagonize the UC because they just, they're just so, hillbillified out there living on their Cheyenne planets and yeah. all those people on neon are on drugs. Like I, I get what you're saying. It's it's like the UC has like coordinated messaging. They have a, a yes. organized government that's very clear about the messaging. And so they rose tint the past. They color it in the way that makes it the most sense for them. You know, like uh, like you said with Martin Luther King, obviously an amazing man did amazing things, but some of the stories get mythologized, right? Or uh, George Washington, you know, cannot tell a lie or whatever. Like the, right. they're, they're, they're mythologized histories. It's not actually the history. It's the history that the organization wants you to believe because it's propaganda. Um, but what you're saying is that the Freestar just doesn't even have like a propaganda department. Like they, they're not even that organized. Yeah. And and it comes back to, I was thinking about this. There's like often, often there's a saying is that history is written by the winners, but -hmm. in this case, the winners aren't writing history. It's the, it's it's the UC. They're writing the history. Nobody else cares about that. Right. So from that perspective, the the UC is always winning, even if they didn't, because they're the only ones that care about how the public receives them or what's happening with the rest of it. Even if you go through the whole Freestar Collective quest line where it's it's about how uh, uh kind of this like uh, elon musk character mm-hmm. hires this um rebel faction to poison farms and to take over their land at the end of it you're supposed to make the decision on like am i going to call out the injustice in this bureaucracy or am i going to let it be for the safety of everyone in their jobs and even if you make that decision it still feels like everyone in the freestar collective is like well i think you made the right decision um, because (laughs) there was you know you made the right decision we're not too worried about the fallout from it but um yeah this is the ron hope section for anybody who who wants specifics yeah and and clearly uh some shady stuff going on uh, yeah, and even if you kill him at the end, it's like, well, that was unfortunate, but he was kind of a crappy guy. <laughs> it's like, let's just move on. <laughs> right. So it's like they don't even it, there's a collective uh, like agreement that they all come to, but they're not interested on it if they're doing things for the right or wrong reasons or what the public thinks of them, because they are not too connected to their public. They're saying, Hey, the kind of this like libertarian messaging of like, Hey, you're free to do what you want. Right. I you wonder can go neon, you can do a bunch of Aurora. I wonder, sure. I wonder if what we're seeing is specifically the lens from the Rangers and not necessarily the government or the people in charge, because they have a board of people who are in charge all of those people are very powerful. They all have their own goals and their own missions, right. but clearly they're not coordinated together. So that plays into your ex- explanation. But the Rangers themselves are just like barely hanging together. They they can't cover everything. They're just doing the best they can. And every to every little win, they're just like, all right, well, hey, at least that one worked out. <laughs> like, Let's move on to the next one. We definitely need some more recruits, you know, all of that kind of thing. So I wonder if I wonder if we're seeing kind of a mix of that. But I also think you're right, because there is not an overarching 
agenda so much as just a board who's interested in their own the way that they benefit from the free star individually right and and if you take if you look at what they're modeled after which is um the american west during the 1800s like the, the late 1800s um if you just took that out of the country and just made it its own country, it would be incredibly incompetent and in doing anything bureaucratic because there was so much land. There were so few people that the only thing that they had to do like to keep order was they had marshals come into town every so often, work with whoever their elected sheriff was, which is probably some old Civil War like veteran that came through the ranks and find some way of justice to kill you know the 10 bandits that went and killed you know mm-hmm. 20 families or whatever right, like right. Th- but the oil so magnates and the railroad magnates and the people who were actually powerful weren't worried about the little the little town and their problem with the bandits right and it seems like that's the problem is in the free star collective there's everything it's not a well-oiled machine it's like independent gears that are just kind of churning on itself and people take and do what they need from each other mm-hmm. whereas the uc is more of a um it's more uh, kind of like a communism perspective and you know not in that full-blown range but like you do your duty confederate it's a conf- yeah, con- yeah. Uh, yes yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm getting at is and because of how the free star collective is set up, they don't need public relations. They don't need to relate to their public. They're like, hey, if you don't like it, then you can leave. Like, right. We right. We They're, don't need you. Yeah. The, the people need them more than they need the people. That, right. That's the feeling. Yeah. Whereas right. the UC feels like it's the other way around. They need the people more than the people need them. Right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how they kind of work on in different directions. Um, yeah, those are some good questions. Now, we did have a big update recently to, mm-hmm. of all things, not Starfield. Well, Starfield did get a big patch a few weeks ago. Uh, not Fallout 4. We heard Fallout 4 was going to have an update. Nope. Skyrim. The second time in like two years we've had a big update to Skyrim, including... Mm-hmm a reworking for how their mod system works in the actual game itself, including purchasable mods so that now some of the people who are making mods can actually make some money off of their efforts, which is cool for them. Uh, There are, you know, there are some questions about how this is going to play out. Is it actually going to help the modding community? Is it going to create more competition? How does that, how is that going to work? I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But you also bring up a question here in the show notes about is this like a, a test rollout for something that we're going to see in Starfield. That's what I think, because they kind of rolled out this creation club content around fallout fours, like post release time and, and included in the Skyrim as kind of like a, Hey, here's what the creation club is. It's different from our modding space. Um, and, and I think that this is them coming together and say, okay, let's, we've got a, a new parent company that's, that's taking care of a lot of stuff for us. Let's get together and let's figure out what we want to do with that. And, and with the new updated UI, with a lot of the updated stuff, it seems like that they're going to roll Starfield into this area. So it seems like that Skyrim is kind of the test bed for it right now to see if everything works correctly. And then once it does, then the mods for Starfield are pretty much impending. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be exciting. Maybe we'll get some really cool stuff. And I also think uh, the, the one piece of this that I hope they work out is a way for us to know which mods are worth spending money on. So is there a way to try out a mod for like 10 minutes 
and then decide, oh yeah, this is something I want. I want to purchase it. Otherwise, you just see you see the the currency on there. Like this one's four hundred credits or whatever the the you know actual points are that you spend right this one maybe this one's ten thousand credits or whatever each of those probably coincides to a dollar so like a hundred is a dollar this one's worth four bucks this one's worth ten bucks well i'm gonna pay ten bucks for something that's a significant portion of the actual price of buying the game now if it's something that's going to make my game awesome in a way that i really want then yeah it's probably worth it but how do I know, <laughs> right? Like, so I'm right. hoping, like, yeah, user reviews, that stuff will help. Uh, be free and chat is saying, uh, you know, let, let us rate them and review the mods. I think that would be helpful as well. Um, but outside of some, like, maybe just a way to test it, especially because we know how mods work. Sometimes you get a mod, you're super excited, and it just doesn't work with the other mods that you have, and the game crashes or or whatever. So being able to at least test that out for a few minutes to just be like okay yeah this is this is the thing i thought it would be it does seem to work all right i'm going to buy it and if you if you don't like it you don't have to and after those 10 minutes you can't use it anymore if you you know so that would be my solution and i do hope this is rolling out for starfield because i think i think the community like just like any of these games is just going to keep making awesome stuff and putting it out there so what do you think dave yeah, I, I think that I think that it'll be, you know, sometime probably Q1 next year, they'll roll out mods for Starfield. Generally, they do that around. I forgot what the time frame was when they started doing it for Fallout 4. Um, it was pretty soon after because it was before the DLCs dropped, like the Automaton. And um, right. It was like the first Nuka six months World. or they had like the, the first six months of launch. So, yeah. so I feel like that, you know. I mean, it could be, you know, as we're recording this, this is like the night of the game awards. So like there could be something Starfield announced then it could be the mods are coming. Like it sure. could happen at any time. And it seems like that Skyrim is kind of that, that it's, test. That's true. That's true. Well, they've committed. They've got a big team still working on the game, like 240 people, which means a lot of them are probably working on DLC, getting that stuff ready. Some of them are probably working on this whole modding thing, getting that stuff ready uh, and, and general improvements. So hopefully we continue to see this. I, I know this is a long play for them. They're not just going to drop the game and walk away. So, uh, you know, here's to a future of even more Starfield and some more cool stuff coming to the game that maybe we can talk about in the future. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, this has been a fun episode. I know we got to wrap it up. We've, you've got stuff to go do and, and things. Uh, you got anything you want to share before we head out? Yeah. Um, Rad Rolls is starting the uh, season two of their campaign. Um, it's the Fallout tabletop role playing game podcast that we do. Uh, me and some other folks are going through our original setting called the Stormlands, and we'll be starting off in a very um, uh, fun location. I think that's releasing next week or the week after. Um, there's an episode every week for Rad Rolls, so just pick it up, enjoy it, love it, snuggle it, all that <laughs> stuff. Okay, snuggle a podcast. Uh, also, if you're looking for other shows, bunch of stuff on robotsradio.net so a bunch of my other shows about fallout lore and elder scrolls lore and lord of the rings and mass effect lots of other stuff from other people as well so go check that stuff out if you're looking for more content and thank you for continuing to be here with us as we dig deeper into the lore of starfield have a wonderful week we'll see you next time you enjoyed this show did you know that parodies are copyright protected tell a friend and review 
on iTunes or other services. Dave and Tom, excited for Starfield. Let's all speculate and wear no shoes. Hey, why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes, and that's the best I could think of. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.